Well, Father, we thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, as always, we thank you for your word. We thank you for... We thank you for the fact that you have provided your word to us. And Lord, that you continue to give us revelation and understanding of what's happening in it. That we would have all of the epigenosis and all of your love. And Lord, that it's revealed deeper and deeper as we go. So, Father, as we dive into this, I just ask that the words that people hear, what needs to be remembered and carried in their hearts, would be burned in there indelibly. And, Father, whatever is not truly applicable in their life, Lord, just let it be forgotten until such time as it's needed. And we give you the praise for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. You're going to see the heading on this, and it's going to make you... Make you laugh. Okay, I'm laughing already. Oops. One can only hope. <laughs> Pointless. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Too little or nothing at all. So, life is hard. I think anyone that's been alive for longer than five or ten minutes would tell you life is hard. Just ask a toddler who isn't able to get their, their hands on the candy or whatever. You know, life is really, really hard. For adults, we've got bills. Mm -hmm. We've got inflation. Mm -hmm. We dealt with COVID. We've had other sicknesses. And now there's the new one. What? Monkeypox. Monkey I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're just monkeying with us, I think. I, I wouldn't doubt it. It's just absolutely insane but life is hard we, we deal with a lot on the day-to-day -day basis and everybody wants to know you know where does it end just where where does the where does the difficult times end wrong question what did you say where does everything begin where does everything in our lives really begin because your perspective is going to change when you change your focus mm -hmm. stop worrying about oh life is so hard life is so difficult and start focusing on a solution so let's dive in john chapter 6 verse 1 <laughs> i don't see anybody here with paper or digital bibles except lee eddie and possibly dennis on the other side of the screen After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. After which things? Well, it was after chapter 5, obviously, yeah. because we're in John chapter 6, and all the events that happened were in John chapter 5. I, I thought that made sense. So in chapter 5, we're dealing with the uh, healing of the paralytic man at the Pool of, Beth pool of Bethesda. Hmm. And the Jews had a real problem with this, specifically the religious leaders, because Jesus healed on a Sabbath. Mm -hmm. The audacity, the gall, the nerve, healed on the Sabbath of all things. So they decided to have him killed because, you know, what else do you do with somebody who offends you? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> So, Jesus obviously left an impression on these people, right? 
So between here and John chapter 6, Jesus and his disciples go about 73.11 miles north. Hmm. Now, bear in mind, they don't, they're not flying, they're not crows, so they have to take roads. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a lot closer to 90-ish miles. Then he jumps in a boat and goes across the Sea of Galilee. So he's making really good time when you consider that. Travels between the Sabbath and then John chapter 6, we'll see that he's now right at the cusp of Passover. So between here and there, he's got about roughly a week, maybe. We don't know for certain. I'm not saying definitely he traveled this distance in a week. Could have been two Sabbaths and then a Passover. (laughs) Okay. So they had to travel on roads and there was some distance. And I do not know why that says John one. Me neither. I that that that's funny, because I checked that and it didn't say that before. <laughs> I hear your pain. So John six, chapter one through three, or verses one through three. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he had performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountains, and there he sat with his disciples. Okay, so he heals the paralytic on the Sabbath, starts going north, probably healing people as he goes, Mm -hmm. collecting a crowd. He's already made an impression on the religious leaders, and they're following him. It's gaining momentum. So Jesus jumps in a boat, crosses over the sea with his disciples, and then he sits on a mountain with his disciples. He wasn't technically waiting for the people. He just got up on the mountain with his disciples and he's having a conversation. Probably teaching people. Mm -hmm. Or teaching the disciples specifically. Training them in what they should know. But the people followed because they were looking for signs and wonders and miracles. Sound familiar? Anyone? So, like I said, Jesus was busy on the way, healing people, gathering crowds, gathering momentum as he goes. He was trying to spend time with his disciples. That was his focus. Go up here. We're going to have a powwow. We're going to do some teaching, some training. Then we get into John chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? You have to understand, this was a setup question. Mm -hmm. And we read this and we say, oh yeah, I I can identify a setup question. But you gotta cut Philip some slack here. Because we don't see the setup when it's coming our way. Like, we never see the setup coming. <laughs> How many times have we heard something and we just totally miss it? We miss the direct instructions almost half the time as well. The Lord says something, or just busy cleaning, driving, working, you name it, doing whatever, and just totally miss it. Does that mean Jesus is the master of the setup? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Okay. And, and he can prove it. <laughs> I can prove it's one of God's names. 
Okay, I can prove that. Yep. Yes, we can. Biblically, we can prove that. So, you know, we, we miss the instructions, and then two weeks go by, and then the Lord repeats himself, and then that's when we hear it, and we're like, oh, forsooth, I believe I have had instructions. Forsooth? But we still don't get the setup. It's an English word. Old English. Old, old English. So, how do we know it's a setup? Well, it says it, literally in the very next verse. But he said this to test him, for he knew himself what he would do. <laughs> it's right there in black and white. See? Set up. Philip had no idea it was coming. You know, he, he just sees a crowd of people. Jesus looks at him and says, hey, where are we going to buy bread for these people so they can all eat? <laughs> and most of the time in the setups, like I said, we have no idea. But Jesus knew what he was what was about to happen. So he knew the crowd was coming. His intent may not have necessarily been to sit there and wait for the crowd to arrive. He was there teaching his disciples, fellowshipping with them. He knew the crowd was coming because he's not oblivious to what's going on around him. But he also knew what the father was planning. Mm. This is important because we're going to come back to that. Disciples didn't have a clue. Zero clues were had by any of them. Which we really do. We seldom do either. <laughs> so the question, John 6, 5 bears repeating then jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him he said to philip where shall we buy bread that these may eat remember this question because we're going to come back to it we will be asked questions like this through our own lives as we engage with jesus and the different things that he has going on with us so we need to pay attention and you need to answer the question. And only answer the question. This is important. We're going to come back to this. John 6, 7. It's like, and when I read, started reading through this, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Answer the question, only the question. Focus on the question. <laughs> so John 6, 7. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Did you notice the response? He's going over the cost of doing business. Now, in today's currency, 200 denarii equates to about $73.78. Now, in our current economic situation, we look at that and think to ourselves, wow, that's really not a lot. It's not a lot of money. Go back to, say, 1940, mm -hmm. and $50 was enough to feed an entire family, make house payments, put gas in a car. I mean, it did a lot. Mm -hmm. So their economy was doing really good. <laughs> they probably didn't make that much in a week. So it was still a lot of money for them back then. Well, the nearest was a day's wage for a normal guy. 
Yeah. So seven denarii or six denarius is a full day, full week. Yeah. So you get two hundred huh. denarii that's, and several months. months. And mm-hmm. trust me, they were not going to be able to pull that off. Not with the crowd rapidly approaching. So it's still a lot of money for them back back then. And he was doing the math, and he was trying to figure out if they had enough to do anything for these people. And shocker, they didn't. Specifically, he didn't. He wasn't in charge of the money. That was uh, Judas's job. <laughs> so he didn't know what, what they had necessarily. Judas knew. But Philip knew he didn't have enough. You know, and... We might look at that and say, oh, well, you know, cut him some slack. Or, you know, it's just $73. Come on, Philip, 73 bucks. Then we get into John 6, verses 8 through 9. This, this cracks me up. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here with five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many people? Andrew and Peter. Mm-hmm. They, they crack me up because they always were ready with some kind of a response. Mm-hmm. Not always the right response. <laughs> Something we can relate to. <laughs> but they were always eager to have a response, to be ready for action. So they get kudos for the motivation and the drive. Yeah. Because how many times have we heard something from God and like, I don't want to do that. It's so hard. And really all he did was ask you to not be selfish. Because <laughs> selfishness. <laughs> but Jesus wasn't asking them a question. He was asking Philip. But nevertheless, Andrew found resources. They weren't much. It just wasn't enough. Five barley loaves and two fish. So has anyone caught on to the problem yet? There's a problem. No one answered the question. They gave him all kinds of answers, but it wasn't the answer to the question. So what was the question? Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And then what was the response? Well, we, we, we would be familiar with these responses. Not enough money, not enough food. Jesus didn't ask them if they had enough. Mm-hmm. So the question helps us focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He doesn't ask us if we have enough when he tells us to do something, because it's all his anyways. So he can multiply it. He can grow it. He can stretch it. He can add to it. Take away from it. Changes color, make it taller, shorter, longer, doesn't matter. And then we think, well, obviously, Philip and Andrew should just know better, right? Because, you know, (laughs) they were disciples, and we're not disciples of Jesus Christ, which is not a correct statement. You are. (laughs) But it's something we can all relate to, right? We're given a task, we look at it, and we think about the resources that we have, and we start bargain hunting. You know, because money doesn't grow on trees, right? Right. And I already told Lee beforehand he was going to become an illustration. Um, So here we are. We're down in Pueblo, and 
I'm working on this message and he's digging in the word and he decides he needs another copy of Zodiades. And he found one for $16 used. Brand new, it's 40 bucks. And there is not one person that would look at him and say, well, why don't you just spend the 40 bucks?" Instead, we're all thinking, hey, good job. Good find. That's awesome. <laughs> with shipping. With shipping, no less. <laughs> 16 bucks with shipping. <laughs> and I'm not saying this to make anyone think to themselves, oh, well, you, you need to just spend the extra money and not worry about it. That's not what I'm getting at. We'll get to what I'm getting at, but that's that's not what I'm saying. Good job on Lee for finding a used version of Zodiades for 16 bucks with shipping. That's a bargain. That's good. I'm going to cut it up anyway. There, there you go. Oh, See? Cut it up. I have to cut it up. Oh. That's, a good, that's the whole idea behind it. So huh. I'm buying the used one. So. so. Makes sense. And then the, the next one relates to me. Harbor Freight sale prices, anyone? <laughs> oh, gosh. Every time Harbor Freight has a sale, I'm just, I'm just lusting over all the coupons and the ads and everything else. Like, you get... All kinds, it? It does. Hey, you, you know, you people been? people knock Harbor Freight tools all the time, but in all honesty, oh, if you take stuff. care of them, they will last you a good long time. If you just want something to beat up and, and tear apart for one day, and it's still a good price. <laughs> Especially if you will never need that tool again. This one's for the ladies. Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Sales and bargains at Hobby Lobby, anyone? Buy one, get one. <laughs> Okay, we get excited about these things because we have limited resource. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that's truly limited, in all honesty, is our scope and mm. our perspective. We don't see everything that God's trying to do with us all the time. So we don't really have that same kind of mindset when, when we're given a commandment, instead we look at what we're told to do and we're just like, I just don't have enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough food. I don't have, just fill in the blank. I mean, not for nothing, I put this whole message together in approximately four hours. Because I did not have the time to spend mm -hmm. a week on this message. Mm -hmm. And the sad part is, I had about two weeks to work on this. <laughs> and, it, you know, just as a case, you know, I'll get to that later. Never mind. Keep moving. <laughs> Sorry. So John 6, 5. Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Okay. These are, st these are the statements that are being, questions that are being asked and statements that are being made. John 6, 7. 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. So, not enough money. $73.78. John 6, 9. There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Not enough food. What was their focus? Not enough. Too little. Insufficient. We're too poor. The need is too great. None of the none of the correct answers. Mm. Jesus was only concerned with the where. That was his question. Where? Didn't ask how much it cost. Didn't ask how much food there was. Only the where was important. I keep mm. I keep coming back to that because, good grief, we need to know this. 
It's it's been a sticking point for me for the last couple of months. Just the where, not the what, mm-hmm. not the when, not the how much, the where. John six ten through eleven. Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. Okay, and that was just the men. <laughs> it's not even talking about if there were women or children there. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. And this is awesome. After he had given thanks. Okay. Jot that down. It's important. After he had given thanks, everyone got as much as they wanted. Mm. We're going to circle back to that. So where did Jesus go to buy food? Well, he went to the Father. He accessed the kingdom. Yeah. And... While studying through this, I, I really, I had kind of a hard time trying to figure out, you know, he, he's talking about buying food, and it's easy to get into religion on this. It really is. Because you could come up with answers like, well, he paid for it with faith, he paid for it with obedience, he paid for it with, nope, he paid for it with relationship. Mm-hmm. Relationship with the Father. Does relationship have a cost? <laughs> it's only going to cost your selfishness. Mm-hmm. And he was able to provide as much as they wanted. That means that nobody went hungry. Nobody had you know just enough to kind of take the edge off and get them back home so they could prepare a meal. They went away full. Mm-hmm. Because God has no limit. He really doesn't. He can supply all that is needed and so much more. One thing I would caution through this is that you need to identify need versus want. I was just thinking that. Because Jesus had a need to feed the people. The people just wanted to eat. (laughs) Now, they had a need because they were hungry. And to send them back from wherever Jesus was sitting on a mountaintop back to their homes, which was probably back across the Sea of Galilee. So some ferryman probably made a pretty penny. Just saying. (laughs) Uh, That's time. That's energy. And, you know, there's the idea of, you know, you want to eat food and be full so you're not fainting on the roadside or fainting on the way. I don't know about the rest of you, but I believe Israel's a little on the hot side. Mm-hmm. Can confirm. So it all goes back to relationship. You know, what is what is the father trying to do? What is he trying to communicate? What is he telling you to do? What is the need? You know, I'll use myself as an example. Okay, I just bought a 3D printer. I don't actually need a 3D printer. It's my birthday, so I got it. That was a want. (laughs) Having said that, the Lord did provide me with the finances necessary to get it. Yeah. Why? Because he loves me. And he likes to see me get things once in a while that 
bring me joy. And the printer's not going to bring me destruction. But that is dependent on my focus <laughs> and how I use it. Because even food can bring you destruction, just so we're clear. Mm -hmm. But food also brings life. Mm -hmm. But anything that's abused can bring destruction. Mm -hmm. So it's a need versus want, and that's going to take relationship. Just because you want a brand new shiny car that goes, you know, 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds and has all the bells and whistles and, you know, it's a, what a <laughs> an 8-cylinder uh, monster car. <laughs> I use that as an example because we were lusting over the sports car that was <laughs> over in Castle Rock on the way home. Uh-huh. It was she nice. Was gorgeous. It was a very nice car. <laughs> Okay, but that's not something we need. I want it, but it's not a need. Well. Uh, no. Well, no. John 6, 12 through 13. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments of the barley five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Did you catch that? You catch what? Not the fish. Those were gone. Yeah. Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Mm -hmm. There was no waste. All of it has value and all of it will be used. Hmm. But wait, there's more. John 6.13 Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of barley, five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. There was literally more. <laughs> it wasn't just the catchy advertisement slogan at the top. There was literally more food than, than what they started out with. So how many times have we said things like, I don't have enough, or I don't have anything? Well, five loaves equals twelve baskets... I've done a little bit of homework on this, and the baskets were roughly yay big. So we're talking foot and a half wide, maybe a 8 to 12 inches tall, and roughly about as deep. It was a good-sized basket. The five loaves were small enough to fit with two fishes in a kid's little lunch basket. Mm -hmm. Okay, So he took virtually nothing, as Andrew said, what is this among so many? And multiplied it to be 12 basketfuls. I'm not going to go into the numerology on that. But he takes almost nothing and makes extra. Literally making something out of nothing. And not for nothing, but even if the kid wasn't there, he could have turned the stones into bread. I mean, Jesus, uh, the Satan couldn't have tempted him with that in the wilderness if it wasn't a possibility. So... He would have had food. Either way, there would have been something there. So Jesus is not limited. Relationship and obedience is what limits us when we're told to do something by him. Our hardness of heart plays a, a severe role in all of that. It's kind of the defining point of where all of this goes when Jesus tells you to do something or he tells you to work on something 
well, you're only going to go as far as your relationship goes with him and however obedient you want to be to the issue. It's that whole Christian cussing thing. So we need to be walking with Jesus and all of that. And we need that relationship with the Father. And he'll do amazing things with us. It's easy to get caught up in the I don't haves. Mm. It really is. It's easy to say, I'm too tired, I'm too sick, I'm too weak, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough food. But that's one of the things the Lord's been showing me over the last couple of months was, it doesn't really matter what you have. Mm. What matters is that you take what I've told you to take and utilize it the way I've told you to utilize it. In my case, it's with the work environment that I'm in, where he's shown me, well, to start it off correctly, I showed him, because I'm just so wise and intelligent and, and righteous, I showed him that there was nobody there that was willing to listen to what he has to say or what I have to say or any truth or goodness, and I didn't really feel like I was making a difference on the job. And I said, surely it can't just be about me learning things on the job. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Hmm. And he showed me that don't dismiss what little bits you can put in here. I will take it and turn it into something greater than what hmm. you have available to you. Talk about being humbled. Um, <laughs> and don't think that what you put in doesn't have value because no matter how small it is if you're listening to me and doing as I tell you to what you have has value far beyond your understanding you won't see it now I will show you later So I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, will I always be there? I don't know. The Lord's brought up a couple different things, a couple different directions I could be going in life. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. I'm just taking it one day at a time, understanding that what I do matters. No matter how little it is, no matter how inconsequential or insignificant I think it is, it matters. Do your work with honesty and integrity mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when everybody else isn't. Mm -hmm. And even if everybody else is, still do your work with honesty and integrity. You're not off the hook just because other people are being good. Mm. Just saying. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Be responsible with your resources. Use what you have wisely according to how Jesus would have you use it. Which, again, is going to take you back to that whole relationship thing with him again. Over and over and over. I cannot stress. I say it all the time and almost every time I teach. Relationship, relationship, relationship. It's always going to come back to that. Because for all of the great messages I'll teach, it means nothing if you're not taking it in relationship with Christ. 
I can tell you how to live a good life. I can tell you how to do things right. But if you ain't walking it out with him, it's just just religion and words you heard. It's like, I went and heard this message one time, and it was really good and had an impact on my emotions. And it stopped there. <laughs> and on that note, to be continued. <laughs> so, questions, comments, concerns, confusion? No. It went a little fast at times. There's no way to do it. Do it at the speed that people want. It. Oh, really? No way. Everybody's going to complain. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a complaint. It was just no, a I, I Stop complaining. <laughs> it is a complaint. There's something that you didn't, you didn't, you were too fast. Okay, that's, that's a complaint. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, there's no way to do it well, I'm just at the right speed everything. for everybody. So. That's true. That's a good point. Can't. Well, okay. the wonderful thing is, is that this will be online, so everybody yeah, can access it and listen to it again. That's why we record these things, so that if you didn't get it, go back and listen to it again. I really love it, because watching a person's life is part of relationship, and putting it into context with their relationship with Jesus helps everyone mm -hmm. to learn from each other. That's what the Bible's all about, so we can learn things, hopefully, not necessarily always the hard way. <laughs> One would hope. Hopefully not always. Not but, always. <laughs> it's true. having said that, most of us do end up learning the hard way. I know. True. Very too true. Often. And, you know, very, truth very be told, true. yeah, people who talk about businesses and starting businesses and having businesses fail will tell you the same thing over and over again. You don't learn from your successes, you learn from your mistakes. Yeah, they also found out that if you start a business and it fails, and then you start a second business, the likelihood of your second business succeeding is almost double what the first one had. Yeah, because you've learned from... You've learned from your mistakes. Mistake. You learned what you did wrong the first yeah. time. But, I take a little exception with that, that you, know, you don't learn from your successes. You do. You because do. you did something, you put it all together, and it worked. You learned. That was what you learned. You brought it together. You brought it into somebody's life, and they were affected by it, and that was a success. You learned. You, that was great. Did you make some mistakes along the way? Yes. Now, you can tweak that, but really, the full foundation of everything you did was because mm -hmm. you learned off of a success. You did it right. Okay, we've done how many pure mans? Okay, do you tweak them? Yes, but the initial idea and the thing behind it is, is a success. It does get men set free. And, and who, who built that? Yeah, well, Jesus did. No, that's, there you go. <laughs> but, but that's still that's still all the stuff that we learned from him to do whatever. Is it? Don't discount what your successes. They are they are the foundation of everything. The mistakes usually you don't have the huge mistakes. Sometimes usually you do, but you do little mistakes. You go, I can do that better, do that better, do that better, and, and it makes the whole thing better. But the whole thing was actually a success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just thought I'd bring that up because I never get a chance to. <laughs> no, I, I agree with it. Um, mind you, the statement comes from a more secular understanding of businesses. Because typically people will make a mistake and they'll fail at something. And then that's that's their whole focus. Like, oh, I failed. I messed up. I, I didn't do it right. And then, you know, so the idea is, well, okay, what did you learn? 
stop focusing on the fact that you failed or the fact that you messed up. Right. Like, take it into account. But what did you learn? Mm-hmm. And it really, it does go back to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at the next big mountain and it just feels like this is impossible, it is mm-hmm. without Jesus. Yep. It is totally it really is. We wouldn't even see the mountain. Without Jesus. <laughs> it's like, oh, what a hit! <laughs> yeah. So the real success was building the relationship in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's where the real success mm-hmm. comes. And mm-hmm. we've made a few mistakes in that. And hopefully, that's what grows us. You know. Yeah. We grow further and further, but still, what we're going for is a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's that relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I think Christianity is the only religion that is has a relationship with God instead of work, a works mm-hmm. based relationship. Works works right. based. It is. You know, yeah, a way of earning God's grace or mercy. Case in point is that this weekend we were supposed to have had a pure man conference. Mm-hmm. We can look back at that at being a failure, and it wasn't. Okay, it wasn't a failure. It oh was, Lord, no. Okay, there are so many neat things that happened because of that. Whatever, and. The guys saw it. They saw it. No, we're in for this. We're going to do keep going until we get it. Had to respond correctly. We had to learn all this, but we learned so much. We got all sorts of things together. Was it a failure? No, it was just a, a little glitch in the runway. We got some things going, and we're just going to keep going until we get done what Jesus has. Okay, because only that is the only real, true mm-hmm. value. But everything is just yeah. just floating. Yeah. This is floating. Well, mm-hmm. you're right. It could have gone differently if people had been offended, <laughs> walked in that offense, and absolutely, and continued in their offense, and just could have gone hurtful. Re- it could have gone really bad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So really you know, it just was. No, let's stop and think about this. You know, what's God's plan in this? Mm-hmm. Just because it didn't happen now doesn't mean it. He doesn't want it to happen. It's right. Just, right. Right wasn't the time or whatever you, you know it's walking in that obedience and you know learning as the guys that Dennis had put together learning how to respond in this situation because they're going to be in leadership at some point in their lives they're mm-hmm. going to have to learn how to respond themselves to someone else or vice versa and that's really an important thing to learn in leadership yep all right well let's go ahead and close it down father we do thank you for the time that we've had together we thank you that you have built up everything that we have lord that you are in the midst and the mix of what we're doing and that you love us we thank you for your word and we thank you for the promise that you will always provide what is needed And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.